But before we do, yes, that's what I meant to say. Here is our banter music, so you can pause us in case you haven't seen the movie yet. So, I can't believe we're now entering the fall. It seems like 2021 just started. Well, we did miss a year. It's called 2020, but, um, <laughs> but right. time does fly when you're having fun. Uh, uh, yeah, or, or something like that. Well, I mean, we're having fun doing this podcast, aren't we? Oh, yes. Yes, 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 Unless you're saying we aren't, in which case I think we need to have a conversation. No, I'm having fun doing (laughs) this. That's why I'm actually excited. I am excited to talk about Gunpowder Milkshake. Which was actually something that our friend uh, Mr. Bill accurately said that we would want to cover for our podcast. And he was right. Yes, he was. with that, let us get this party rolling. Shall we? Yep. Yes, we should. Okay, so Gunpowder Milkshake was released on Netflix with a simultaneous limited theatrical release on July 14th, 2021. Yes, 2021. Okay, so go ahead and read the summary from IMDb, please. In her turbulent life as a professional assassin, Scarlet was cruelly forced to abandon her daughter Sam and go on the run. Years later, despite the estrangement, Sam is also grown up into a cold-blooded hitwoman. After a high-stake mission spins out of control, putting an innocent eight-year-old in the middle of a gang war she unleashed, Sam has no choice but to go rogue. This ultimately leads her back to her mother and her former hitwoman sidekicks, who all join forces in an avenging war against those who took everything from them. Now. See, in your notes, it's, that was perfect. Um, yeah, but that was before I heard you deliver it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I love you. Wow. <laughs> wow, I got nothing. Well, I have nothing else to add to that either. So, shall we go ahead and get into the good, the bad, and the cute? The unicorn nom nom poop. No, that was the last review that we did. You can't say nom noms? No. Okay. Different show. Fine. Okay. Go ahead. Start with the good. I love the cast. Yeah. There were a lot of of people in this. I, I did not know about this film until you said we have to see it. Yeah. And then Mr. Bill sent a message going, have you guys seen this? And I'm like, yeah. But of course you then went, well, if Mr. Bill recommends it, we should be seeing it. Uh, I Really? You did. I said, 
we have not seen it, but we were planning on seeing it because you told me that we had to see it. Anyway, this cast is redunculous. Yes. I mean, Lena Headey. Mm-hmm. She is in... Um, Imagine Me and You. She's in, in Imagine Me and You. Sarah she, Connor Chronicles. I was actually going to say she was in Game of Thrones, even though I don't watch it. But the the scene, the the partial episode that I did see, she was just mean in that. Oh, she's vicious in that series. So, you know, when, when I saw her in this, I'm like, oh my goodness, she's an assassin. And then she disappeared. And I was like, wait, what? Which way did you go, George? Yeah, exactly. And Angela then, Bassett. That was just perfect as one of the librarians. I yeah. mean, like the dichotomy of that is just great. Um, Michelle Yeoh as mm-hmm. Florence, the other librarian, and Carla Gugino. I think I think I'm pronouncing her name. I'm sorry if I'm not. Um, as Madeline, who was also in Bly Matter, and when I first saw her, I was like, oh, no. I know. I was like, oh man, are you still waiting? Uh, oh, stop with the water. Stop. The bathroom. Stop. Okay, back to this review. Karen Gillan as Sam, I thought was perfect. Yes, and uh, Chloe uh, Coleman as Emily. Oh my gosh! I mean, she stole. All, she she stole a lot of the. She scenes. stole a lot of scenes, but you you've got these heavy hitters, and then you've got this this kid, and holds, she held her own, holds her own, but also steals some scenes away from everybody. Just. Oh, I just love this cast. I love this cast. Yeah. And of course, you know, the the uh the bad guy is Paul Gimati as Nathan in HR. I'm like, really? Nathan in HR, really? Well the thing is it's like he's not really the bad guy though. I mean he he kinda is, but he's not the bad guy. Well he's he's walking that really fine line. Okay. Anyway, um the fight scenes. The fight scenes were so well done. Yes, they were. When when we were watching it, I was actually thinking, you know what? This actually reminds me of uh, Pulp Fiction. And mm-hmm. I loved Pulp Fiction. You know, it's, it's highly stylized, right? But it, it just, uh, it, it worked in this, in this film. Okay, I'm going to say something that is not popular. Uh-oh. I never liked Pulp Fiction. Really? At all. Oh my goodness. This to me. We've been together 20 years and I did not know this. Yeah, I couldn't finish it. What? I couldn't finish it. Oh. For me, this was very much similar to Sin City, which I did Mm, like. Okay. And that type of fight sequences and the stylized um, backgrounds and everything. Mm Mm-hmm. They just it took the best of other aspects of films and made it its own, so you could see, oh, they got that from there, but it didn't feel like, oh, you ripped it off. It mm-hmm. felt like this is something that you you enjoyed and you liked, and you wanted to apply it here, and you applied it in a different way or a unique way with your story. Yeah, so that was really cool. I I I'm still kind of taken aback by the fact that you don't like Pulp Fiction, mm. what? but that's okay. Really, I still love you. Really, I still love you. We're, we're going to have to go. We're going to actually have a podcast of what films I hate that you love and vice versa. That's what we should do. The top five films that you hate that I love and vice versa. Okay. Well, it's a good thing that it's going to be the top five because I don't think that there's a lot, but that's. Oh, no. There, there, Twilight would be on your list. <laughs> All right. So anyway, I'm um, never going to let that go. No, you're not. Um, but speaking of good stories, mm-hmm. 
this had, unlike Twilight, oh my in my humble opinion, okay. enough story to keep it going and keep it cohesive. Yeah, I mean, there were certain things that you're like, oh, really? You know, realm of disbelief, plot right. hole type things. Right. But there was enough around it to not make you to focus on that. So it's like the story was really well done and really well laid out. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I like the underlying themes, right? Yes, we have a story up here, but, you know, there, there are a lot of underlying themes that are just throughout the movie like you know the the fact that there is a code even among assassins right you don't hurt children yeah and when she realized when sam realizes that the reason why the money was stolen from the firm in the first place was because the father needed to pay a ransom to save his daughter she inadvertently kills him because that's not inadvertently she wanted to kill she was hired to Right. She was hired to kill him. And, you know, when she finally realized why he stole the money, she was like, okay, I can't let this happen to the girl and goes against the firm. Right. Then she becomes persona Persona non grata. (laughs) How did you know I was going to say that? (laughs) 20 years. Oh, my goodness. Um, But yeah, that that code of honor. I'm like, uh oh, that that was that was not the directive. And then. Additionally, you have the chosen family because of the code of honor. Mm. She's taking care of this kid. I mean, she admits to the kid, you know, I, I killed your dad. Eventually. And yeah. takes her in and still sticks with her because she's, Sam's the one who's being honest. Sam's the one who's always being around for this kid. I really love the idea of chosen family here because the librarians are different. Mm-hmm. They helped raise Sam. They even mentioned that they, they miss having a kid in the library. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Scarlet comes back into the fold. There's a lot of your your family isn't just what you're born into. Mm-hmm. Yes, Sam and Scarlet are mother daughter, but they've been so estranged for, for so long. There's so much distance between them that they have to find common ground again. Right, and you know the the backstory to Scarlet, where you know. She had to give up Sam. That was the that was the price for her killing the people who killed her husband, mm-hmm. right? So you know that's that's like a Sophie's choice to me. It's like, oh my god, like I well, can't, you know, choose. I don't I don't know if it's as much of a Sophie's choice because Scarlett even mentions she was young and had she been older, she might not have made that decision. But because she was riddled with her anger. Mm-hmm. And her emotion at that moment when she found out, I, I don't know if it would end up being a Sophie's choice. I mean, it, it would probably still be an extremely difficult decision, but I think when you reach certain stages of your life, it would be a different perspective. And even she says that again, good writing. Yeah. Because she does mention that. Well, to me, it's just to your point, it, she needed to kill the people who killed her husband, mm-hmm. but then that came at, at such a high cost she had to leave Sam, but then, you know, she was keeping tabs on her, you yeah. know, making sure that she was okay. And Sam grows up to be exactly like her mom, an yeah. assassin. And, you know, that that kind of goes into um, the forgiveness aspect. Mm. Because Sam does need to forgive her mother for leaving. The librarians need to forgive Scarlet for falling off the face of the earth. Emily has to forgive Sam for killing her father. Yeah. And and they all have to forgive themselves. You know, Sam has to accept who she is, what she is, forgive herself for killing Emily's father. 
uh, Scarlett needs to forgive herself for leaving yeah. and for doing that impulsive thing. And how, I think she says like, how could I not Yeah, when referencing killing uh, the other person who killed her husband? It got, it's such well done. It's yeah. like just really well done undertones. The thing that I also really um, appreciate that this film is, is saying is that, you know, you, you have to own your mistakes, right? You have to basically stand in your truth and face face the mistakes that you've made so that you can move forward. Cause then, you know, she's, especially with the scenes with Emily, Sam is just, okay, I, I know I'm going to eventually have to tell her just not now. And then when she finally does, it's just, you know, she, you could see that she feels very sorry that she did that. And again, it's, it's just the way the, the way the the story just beautifully you know, the tendrils all just Oh lay my out. gosh, it was just, it was great. Yeah, I mean, with the forgiveness aspect and the accepting of responsibilities sort of go hand in hand, if you think about it. Yes, absolutely. And in some way, it's really interesting because that does reflect on life. Mm-hmm. Because look, what you do, and again, this is also when I'll bring in Scarlett, what she did in her early, she had Sam when she was young, but what she did in her younger years, you know, let's talk teenagers and 20s, you, you're probably not doing in your 40s. Now, I, I know that's not for everybody, but you're probably not saying or doing the same thing in your 40s because you've learned, you've grown, and you've moved on. You've made your mistake and you've grown from it. Mm-hmm. So the forgiveness side of that is if they've accepted what they've done wrong and they've accepted the responsibility of those actions, you really can't keep holding them accountable and you can't keep labeling them as something. You have to turn around and forgive them. Right. I know people might think um, it was a little fast and maybe it was, but you know, you've got limited time frame. but I also felt that, you know what, these are things they're going to deal with together and grow and learn and they're going to have arguments, but they're still going to work through it. I think their love for each other was well designed and laid out that you knew how much they meant to each other. Right. I mean, through thick and thin, you know, they, they just stand by each other. Yeah. I mean, even the librarians, when, Sam finally comes back to them because she she needs to exchange some books. Mm-hmm. Exchange some books. I just love that. Um, you know, one of the librarians says, "You know, you look familiar," because they've they've taken care of her right after after Scarlett had to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just having having them take back you know the the long lost relative who went away. And then came back. And I think that can be applied to the real world. Mm-hmm. You know, except what people have done. And if they are accepting of their responsibility and have learned from it, let it go. Yeah, because then you can't move forward if you're constantly looking at the past. Yeah. Anyway, so speaking of that, I mean, the, we've kind of alluded to it, but the, the whole film is about strong female characters. Mm-hmm. And it's just... It's it's a type of film that I really love to see because it's yes it's it's highly stylized and we have to you know suspend disbelief but you know I I found myself as I was watching this film going yes pumping my fist and going well, yeah female led films can make money yes they can yes they can they can do all the you know <laughs> stuff that everybody else does <laughs> yes they can. You know, we can go from films in the 1800s wearing corsets and whatever to kicking and doing whatever else we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. But it it also, you know, it translates to real life that 
a lot of females can do different things,、mm-hmm. even when the world tells them no, you can't. Yeah. Any other good? Um, I I loved, I loved, loved, loved the fact that the armory was disguised as a library. <laughs> yeah. And all of those like awesome books had you know insane weapons in them. Um, it's just. It's the juxtaposition of those two images. The armory has like all these violent weapons, and you know it it can it can cause a lot of bloodshed. And then you you put that against the image of a intellectual and serene environment of a library. It's just it's just so cool. And then you add to the fact that the guns and the weapons are in the and, and money and passports and whatever else is actually inside the book.、Mm-hmm. Um, and there's two ways. Two ways that you can think of that,、mm-hmm. probably more, but two ways my brain goes.、Um, one is that the the outside, you know, you judge a book by its cover.、Mm-hmm. Um, so you have the outside looking oh la la la, and then you open it up, and it's like the inner demon. So the the exterior、yes. is very innocent, and the interior is not. But also, if you take it from a different perspective, the weapon is in the book. Read the book. You have knowledge. Yes, knowledge is power.、Oh、my God. See, I love you. And, and power is, you know, what everybody strives、knowledge. for. Yep. But power is in the book.、Mm-hmm. So,、yeah. so is a false identification and a lot of money, but it's in the book. <laughs> <laughs> um. But basically, it's just it depends on what you want to feed. Do you want to feed your intelligence? Do you want to feed your violence? Do you want whatever it is you, that you're feeding internally is what those books are for. What was the movie that said it depends on which wolf you feed? Uh, the New Mutants. Where、um, she's got good and bad, and she brings the wolf out. <sighs> okay, yes, because I'm like, which again, I, not I a heard, bad movie. I heard that somewhere. Yeah, you 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 helped me write the review. <laughs> yes,、um, it、book. was a blog. Yes. Okay, so are we good with the good? Yes. Okay, so how about the bad? You wrote the bad. I didn't think it was bad. Well, I I put that in there because it it is a stylized film. Right, and we mentioned you have to suspend this belief,、mm-hmm. but it is so fun to watch. I can it's see not, it's not realistic, but it's I can、so、see well, really like it's realistic. Walking into a room and like a library blowing up and all these really bang 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 bang. Yes,、um, pew 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 pew. <laughs> it was. I mean, it reminded me a lot of like Atomic Blonde. Mm. In that type of, but Atomic Blonde, like the exteriors and everything, were a little more real,、um, a little more real. They really shot in in you know exteriors. This looked like a lot of green screen stuff,、mm-hmm. so I can see why maybe that would bother you or get a little overwhelming or a little overdone. But in the same token, if they started it and they've laid out the universe as this is how it's going to be, in my humble opinion, I just kind of overlooked it because they laid it out like this is how we're shooting things and with the bright orange sunsets and the you know、mm-hmm. different stylized colors. So I just went with it because they started from the beginning. If they had started it, stopped it, started it, stopped it, or started it and then dropped it, or vice versa, I probably would have gotten annoyed. But it really didn't. It really didn't bother me at all. You know what really bothered me? What we didn't have popcorn during the movie. Are you serious right now? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm saying what bothered me. <laughs> okay. Well, next time, next time make we make popcorn. popcorn. So, can we go to the cute the unicorn poop? Sure. Num num. Ah, different film. I know. I freaking love that panda phone. 
<laughs> I know. I'm like, wait, what? Speaking of stylized, um, you know, just the the juxtaposition again of you know this is like a highly violent world, and then here you are with a panda phone. Sam covered in blood, holding the panda phone, going, "What do you want?" He's like, "What?" <laughs> what? Um, yeah, that was that was really. I really wonder if they make a phone like that. I mean, I know they make phone cases that make your whole phone look like a big panda. I used to have a stitch one and its ears ripped off. (laughs) I was very upset about that. But other than that, it's like, I've not, I don't think there's a phone like that. No, but it's just. Somebody's going to create it now. Oh, I'm sure. Or, you know, if someone did already create it, it's going to just go. Yep. Very popular. Um, For me, the, the, one of the cute things that I really found was. Emily steering the bulletproof Porsche while Sam was, you know, hitting the pedals. I, yes, I agree. That was adorable, especially which like you, you know, when her arms were dead and she's swinging her arms around, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was hysterical. Tape it to my hand. Do this. <laughs> you know, that was hysterical to me. Yeah. And she was telling Emily how to drive. Yeah. And she's and- like, you have the easy part. You just have to hit the pedals. <laughs> and you were cringing this entire sequence. Well, because they were. They were firing at the Porsche. And then the bullets were just like, you know, ping, 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 ping. They, they were ricocheting off it. I'm like, oh, it's bulletproof. Yes, but you love Porsches. Bulletproof, fire away, fire away. And that's exactly what the bad people did. But you you love the car. So she's sitting on the couch going, oh, no, no, oh, no, Because no. it's such a nice Porsche. And I'm sitting there going, you, you realize it's a car. Right? And they're going to break it. Yes. Because it's in a movie like this. But when we see things like this, mm-hmm. right? Take um, uh, Black Widow, right? Yeah. They were in the BMW and it went it went kapooey. I was expecting the same thing here for the Porsche. I'm like, no, not the Porsche. And it was like, oh, wait, it's bulletproof. Okay, cool. <laughs> I had to realize that it was bulletproof first. Plus, you know... Little Emily was driving it and they were shooting right at her like, no, don't kill the kid. It's, it was, I, I love the sequence with the arms being dead mm. and, um, and Emily having to do everything. And it was like, I, I don't even, you know, what I, I don't even know what I can really compare it to where it would really do it justice as being as unique as those two actresses made it out to be. Mm-hmm. But the back and forth between the two of them. And then again, a witty script. It was just so adorable. Yeah. And the fact that Emily really is the, you know, the Pandaphone was the, the catalyst, if you will, of making uh, Sam's and Emily's paths cross. Yes. Right. And so to me that they, it was because of that Pandaphone that uh, Sam went kind of off the rails, but it was also really the thing at the end, because she was she was mm-hmm. using the panda phone to actually buy their freedom and get the hit off them. To yeah. me, the panda phone was also their innocence mm. because the innocence was lost and was away from Emily and with her father. It was then in Sam's hand. But when the two of them got together and Emily had it back, they were they were. She was being a kid again and turns around and goes, can I drive the van? That was, you know, at the very end, it was adorable. But the idea is there's this freedom, this, this, this safety to be innocent again. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't stop thinking about that. I'm like, either I'm really overthinking or it was really an amazing addition 
to it. You know what? It it could be what we are just interpreting from the movie. Could be. And it's it's those again, I have to attribute that to like a really awesome script because it at least for you and you and me, you know, it's making us think of all these different things. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's not what they intended, but well, it's like a good book, you yeah. know, you read something and you're like, "Damn." And I'm thinking one thing, you're thinking another. Like some of the other films we've just reviewed, I thought they were good. You know, I'd give four stars. You're like, no, three. <laughs> and then other times I'd be like, no, two. And you'll be like, oh, but it was a three. No. Yeah. You know, you, you agree to disagree. You have different perspectives. And it's, I think, a testament to a good story that it allows that to happen. And it doesn't go, no, it must be this. You must follow this train of thought. You know, the symbolism here allows, granted, the story is straightforward. The story is from A to Z. But all of these other little pieces allow you to interpret things and kind of find things within it, almost as if they're Easter eggs. This does it very, very well. Yeah. And I think that's what, it's, it's funny because when I was younger, I'd want, you know, the big, explosions and action and all of that now i enjoy a lot of the movies that have that that undercurrent you know that maybe you don't see it at first but maybe because explosions are being so overdone like look this film has a lot of them there's a lot of action and, and everything but i think you and i have been almost blinded by all of the films we've seen with explosions and action and all of this other stuff and mm. when you see it as often as we have or as often as an audience can, you maybe turn around and be like, yeah, but what else is there? What's going on behind it? And this film has much more behind it. There's, It's not, oh, well, you know what? We're going to make this helicopter crash here because boom, and we need to have a boom, boom. Yay. And oh, wait, we need to kill someone now. Oh my goodness. You know, it It seemed, yes, it's it's got a formula, but it seemed more, there's more depth to it. It's mm-hmm. not just about what you can blow up and, and what's going to happen. There's a story to it. And Marvel's done that rather well. Uh-huh. Some DC films have done that well. <laughs> we we agreed to disagree on that, but that's okay. I said some. <laughs> you know, Wonder Woman, the first one, up until the end. Yes. You yes. know, there are films that are done where there's all these stuff is involved, but there's a lot of undercurrent to it. And I find that when that's there, the story is richer and the continuity of the series is better. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. So any more cute? You? Why? Thank you. Yeah. But I was talking about the movie. No, I'm good. Okay. So now that we finish our discussion of gunpowder milkshake, it's time for the forever fangirls rating. Are we ready? Yes. Okay. Drum roll, please. We rate Gunpowder Milkshake five stars. I think folks might have already known we were going to do that. (laughs) I mean, we really didn't have a lot of bad. Truth be told, uh, Sheila and I, when we watched it, we didn't notice the time go by. We didn't notice. um, You ever notice like your butt gets sore, like you're Mm -hmm. sitting there or you you feel like, oh, you know, you you got a piece, you jump and get up. None of that got in the way of watching this film. No, I was just like enjoying every single minute. And yes, it was stylized. And yes, that might not be a lot of folks' cup of tea. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But it's it's definitely, definitely, definitely worth viewing. Mm-hmm. And just give it a shot. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. We personally loved it. Well, on the surface, it, it did seem like just a kick, <laughs> take, take names type questions later thing. 
You know what I mean? I'm, yes. I'm, yes. It's like ask questions later. Yes. Yeah. You know, punch now, talk later. Um, there was a, there's a lot of deeper things going on that really, I think on the slow moments of action really kept this film going and kept you invested. And that really hit home to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with a star studded cast like this, it was really fun to watch, you know, the delivery of some some iconic lines, like specifically Scarlet, you know, at the end where you know they're they're fighting this mob of of men, and you know, Scarlet says to Sam, "quote You are an incredibly impressive young woman. There's not a single person on earth I'd rather kill people with." And then Sam turns to her mom and says, "Oh, thanks, mom." It was like, what? <laughs> you know what I have to say to that? What? Nom nom. <laughs> Wrong movie. No, I just really like King Shark nom noms. But <sighs> I was I was deliberately putting in that sound bite because it's funny and it's misplaced mm-hmm. and it's weird and somehow it works. Somehow weird lines like this, you know, work. Mm-hmm. And it's a testament to the writing and the directing and acting and I mean, this to me was a very well-rounded film. It was well done. Yeah. I, I am actually rather surprised though, that I was reading some, some reviews and there were some negative reviews of this film. There, yeah, there's a lot, but again, people might not like it. People might not get it. Maybe it's the stylized action. Maybe it's the fact that it's all women. Maybe. Maybe it's the fact that it's very violent. Maybe. You know, but I, again, I don't know if we, if this cast was all men, it would be similar to like a Reservoir Dogs. Mm. Would the same reviews be there? I mean, I haven't looked at Reservoir Dogs reviews. I like that film. You know, would it be perceived differently? Would it be presented differently? I don't know. I just know that everybody's entitled to their opinion and ours is that we loved it. Yeah. And I would watch it again. I would watch it again. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would watch it again and again and again and again and again. I mean, I'd want some breaks in between, but I might watch, you know, imagine me and you um, in between. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff to enjoy in this film. And if nothing else, it's just a fun film to sit down and just watch and don't look for anything else. Yeah. Just like I say, certain action films, you just, it's a great film to just sit back and go, whatever, I just want to watch a movie. Yeah. So just don't think about it. Just watch and enjoy. I agree. So are, are we good? Yeah, I think we do. Okay, so. I think we do. I think, I think we, we, do. we are. <laughs> I'm a little punchy. So that is our show for today, folks. Thank you, as always, for joining us. If you're listening to this podcast on any device, just hit subscribe or follow. And um, leave us a review if you'd like. One of the biggest things we've been doing is SpeakPipe. So 90-second message to either one of us, and that is speakpipe.com forward slash Forever Fangirls Podcast. We love hearing from you, and we will get back to you as soon as we can. So thank you so much. Yes. And so until next time, stay safe, be kind, and remember, whatever happened in the past is done. Stand in your truth and acknowledge it so that your future can be built on a solid foundation.